0: Do stay in touch. You'll find us on Twitter at rv_environment or at the Environment Matters Facebook page. Or you can drop me a line on Amanda at RadioVerum.com if you've got a comment about today's show or you've got ideas that you'd like us to cover. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thanks for listening. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Coming up later, he pledged to pick litter every day in 2020, but did Scout leader Ian Burnett manage it? And what's his new challenge for 2021? But first, St Albans District Council this week started once again on the process of agreeing a local plan. That's the document which will decide where major developments can happen over the next 25 years. And other nearby councils are doing the same. As part of Hartsmere Borough Council's draft local plan, a site at Tittenhanger has been earmarked for 6,000 new houses. The development by Urban and Civic plc would be a new garden village known as Bowman's Cross and would join together Colney Heath and London Colney parishes. But there's concern that if it went ahead, the building work would threaten a colony of red-listed tree sparrows. Hearts Bird Club, South East Hearts RSPB Group and the Hearts and Middletechs Wildlife Trust are now working together to try and save the sparrows. Rupert Evershed, chair of Hearts Bird Club, joined me to explain the issues. Rupert, thank you very much for joining me. So just to start off with, can you explain exactly where uh, the new village would be? Uh, I mean, for lots of us, we don't really know much about Tis and Hanger, perhaps where Willow's Farm is, it's, but it's all a bit sketchy.
1: Yes, sure. It is near Willows Farm. It's to the north and south of Coursers Road. The sort of Tittenhanger area is quite a large area. To the south of Coursers Road, it's currently an active quarry for sand and gravel, and the bulk of the development would sit on that area, but it would also overflow the other side of Coursers Road, more on the Willows Farm side, and go right up to the existing lakes that are restored gravel pits and are so good for wildlife.
0: And which area within that is it that you're particularly concerned about?
1: Well, I think the whole area, to be honest, because we are particularly concerned about the tree sparrows, which are a very rare species. They have their main breeding colony right in the centre of the existing gravel works, and tarmac have, have left a cordoned-off area of habitat for them over the years. Um, they're either side, of course, Road, and the development would sit right on top of their colony But it would also have a big impact on all the lakes that are so good for wildlife in the area.
0: So the sparrows are your number one concern. I mean, we kind of see sparrows around. How much trouble exactly are tree sparrows in? Tree
1: sparrows since the 1970s have seen a massive crash in their population. They're not the same as the house sparrows. They're a a rural bird and they're much rarer. population crashed by 96% and Hertfordshire was no exception and there's been a huge decline with the sparrows at Tittenhanger being the, the very last colony that's breeding in Hertfordshire and quite probably the one of the last in the whole of the southeast of England. They, the BTO reckons that for every 20 tree sparrows there was in the 1970s, that we only have one today.
0: The proposed developer, Urban and Civic, they have agreed to fund a programme of expanding feeding and nest box provision for the, for the sparrows. Won't this help?
1: We're hoping it will help. We were very vocal in the initial round of consultations about the development. This led to meetings with the developer to see how we could help the tree sparrows and possibly save them in the face of this development. It is step one in a much broader strategy to try and help the tree sparrows and the wider wildlife of the site. The idea behind it is that if we can provide more little hubs where they have a food supply and nest boxes, then we could encourage the population to grow and become slightly more robust to any changes that might be ahead of them. But at the moment, they're a very vulnerable, small colony and any changes could spell disaster for them.
0: Is it that you're opposed to the whole Bowman's Cross proposal or do you think it needs changing more to accommodate the tree sparrows?
1: That is a difficult one because I think so many green spaces in this area are threatened with development and sometimes it feels there won't be any green spaces left. And we are talking here about an area of greenbelt. However, I'm not opposed in theory to housing development but I do think in this instance it's far too many houses and we would like to see the development restricted significantly and certainly not coming across Courser's Farm over to the Willow side and to allow a significant area to be set aside for biodiversity and possibly as a nature reserve. We think the scale of it at the moment is, is too great and needs to be revised.
0: You've mentioned other wildlife that you have concerns about as well. Can you just give us a little flavour of the other wildlife that that uses that site as home?
1: Well, the gravel pits are very well known by birdwatchers. It's one of the best birdwatching sites in Hertfordshire. You can, in most months of the year, you could walk around and record about 70 different species of bird. And there are some specialities. There's oyster catchers that are one of the few pairs that breed in Hertfordshire. We have a sand Martin colony that likes to use the gravel workings and there's just a huge variety of wildlife there's there's badgers there's foxes and hares. so many people comment on the wildlife when they walk around
0: yes indeed I, I have seen those comments so how far have hartsmere borough council got in their decision about whether to allow bowman's cross village to go ahead
1: It's obviously been delayed due to the COVID situation, but the next step in the process is this spring at the moment, and that is when Hartsmere would look to officially adopt the site as part of its local plan. At the moment, it is one of several sites being considered, but we have met with Hartsmere and the developers and they think it's highly likely that the site will be officially adopted into the Hartsmere plan. And once that happens, they will move towards the planning application process and where they will see if they can uh, get approval for the 6,000 plus homes that they would like to build.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, whilst protecting this marriage would be kind of a a nice thing. I believe you think that you do have a legal basis for your objections to the Bowman's cross proposal. Are you considering any kind of legal action?
1: No, we're not. I think the, the legal basis is written into the national planning policy framework that if the destruction or the damage to biodiversity and, and wildlife, and in particular, these priority species like tree sparrows, if it can't be avoided and, and mitigated, then planning permission shouldn't be granted. And I think I think we'd appeal to that legal framework if it came to that. I think all parties are aware of that. And that's, and that's partly why we're engaged in this process.
0: So Rupert, is there anything that we can do to help?
1: Well, I think the most important thing is to keep an eye on that process with Heartsmear and to make sure that our voices are heard at the key moments. And I think that once it's adopted in the spring, there will be a move towards a public consultation again at which everyone can input and say what they think. My recommendation would be to find the Hearts Tree Sparrow Project on Facebook and to follow the page and to like it, and that way you will receive updates as and when they're posted. We also have a Tittenhanger Gravel Pits Facebook group, which has grown rapidly, and it's there to share our enjoyment of the site and its wildlife. And again, please join that group and stay in touch and stay up to date. Um, You can, of course, go direct to the Hartsmere website as well and and look for their local plan. And that will give you the timeline for what they're planning to do. But I think the most important thing is to join the Tittenhanger group, find out about the area, keep in touch and the updates will be there and you'll know when to act as a result.
0: Super. Um, And will you come back and tell us at that key point and give us a reminder?
1: I certainly will. Yes, I'd love to. Back in two thousand and eighteen, I think thanks to all the comments that were made in that initial round of consultations, we are where we are today, which is sitting around the table trying to work out a solution, and it's been positive so far, and and we hope it will continue to be. But there's still quite a way to go.
0: Rupert, thank you very much indeed for explaining that to us. My pleasure. I was talking there to Rupert Evershed, and just in case you didn't catch them, um, the Facebook. Um, pages that he was talking about the hearts tree sparrow project facebook page and the tittenhanger gravel pits facebook group do check them out now another person who will be concerned about the future of tittenhanger lakes is local scout leader ian yeti burnett where he's organized scout groups to plant thousands of trees he's always up for a challenge and he took on a tough one last year ian joined me to talk about how he would got on and what his challenge was for this year Thanks for joining me today, You know, particularly your homeschooling, so you're very busy um, at home there. So last year, you challenged yourself to a litter pick every single day. You chose a tough year for that. Did you manage it?
2: Yes. Yes, I did. It was a tough year. Uh, 366 litter picks uh, to be done, uh, one for every day of the year. Um, and yes, I managed it. I finished it off uh, mid-December, um, which was good. But it was, like you say, challenging. I found that um, there was less litter out there due to people being uh, staying at home uh, for COVID. It was, it was tough, but it was tough. OK,
0: to so that's interesting. You say you found less litter because just anecdotally, people are saying, oh, everywhere's covered in litter. There's masks all over the place. But you found that wasn't the case so much.
2: Towards at the beginning of the year, there was litter everywhere. Um, January for being March because people are out and about. You had kids going to and from school, people going to the shops. But when lockdown came, the litter uh, along the high streets and parks was becoming less and less. Uh, What, like you said before, like what was being found were masks, disposable gloves uh, all over the place, left along uh, outside shops, uh, housing estates. So, yeah, that became uh, a normal thing to be finding around June July time,
0: okay. So you you kind of tracked the year in litter, and the, as uh, as our situation with COVID changed, then the litter that you found changed. That's quite interesting. So you were able to continue. Did you find any problems? Was it difficult with social distancing, or um, did you find people's attitude towards you changed? What What did you find?
2: When I started the litter picking, I was really conscious about going out and picking up litter and seeing people because I thought what people judge me for what I'm doing. But the more i had done it, the more people sort of approached and spoke to me about it, obviously at a distance when lockdown came in. uh, And I was quite pleased to talk about what I was doing and they took an interest in it. What I found later on is that when people were going out exercising, doing their daily stuff, That again, they were still talking about it and and said, oh, I do that as well. I do that. And I think it was really nice that other people were going out and doing the same sort of thing because there was not really much else to do.
0: Yeah. Well, and also fabulous that you were able to provide the inspiration for other people. You must have been really proud of that. I was.
2: was, That was the thing. I was doing it for uh, for myself to actually go out and say, look, there's people out there who who want to make a difference. I think just go out there and do it. Pick up a, a bag, a litter picker, and make the difference one piece at a time. And I was finding it in parks, in streets, in car parks, uh, mainly in uh, areas, open areas, where people could use it all the time. But um, as I said, throughout the year, the litter and litter got less and less, and I was finding I had to go further afield to get it uh, in further into bushes and trees and stuff to uh, to get the litter out.
0: OK, so you're getting into that real sort of deep, clean um, picking there. So you're not the kind of person who's, who's sitting around uh, waiting for things to happen. You've got a new challenge for 2021. Do you want to tell us what that is?
2: That's right. So I'm still doing the litter picking, but I'm trying to encourage other people to join the calls. So my challenge for 2021 is to get groups of people or individuals at the moment to go out and start picking litter uh, in their local village community as well. I set up a Facebook page for London Coney called uh, London Coney Community Volunteer Litter Pickers. And as a group, we are going out individually and collecting the litter and leaving it uh, in, in the bins that the council provided.
0: Right. OK. So so were you looking for new volunteers from within London Coney or were you hoping for them from sort of throughout the district?
2: Uh, throughout the district, I know that there's also a St Albans uh, litter picking uh, group as well, and there's one in Park Street. Uh, but obviously, I don't want to travel too far. I've I got a dog. I like walking out in the village and stuff. So as I walk the dog, I take my litter picker, take my bag, and I, and I try and encourage others to do exactly the same.
0: Right. okay, so you're hoping that other people will cover their little local patch and it'll all sort of knit into a little litter-free patchwork.
2: That's correct, yeah. So hopefully the whole of the UK at one time will be litter-free.
0: Well, that would be nice to think so, wouldn't it? It would be lovely. Um, So the other thing that you are, of course, famous for is you're the driver behind the Scout's enormous tree planting efforts down at Tittenhanger Lakes. Has that come to an end now?
2: not at the moment no we've had to put it on pause due to the fact uh social distancing last year march the 15th we managed to get 10 scout groups down to the lakes and we planted over four thousand trees down there all donated by the woodland trust obviously we can't do that now en masse just due to the fact that social distancing even though it's outside it's not finished we still want to do more I've been back to the lakes and visited them and seen that the trees are doing well. Some haven't taken, which we pulled up, but we still want to go back and plant more. So we're not doing anything this much. So hopefully, fingers crossed, come November, when the second lot of trees are issued by the Woodland Trust and COVID's over, we can then go and do another tree planting session.
0: Okay, so watch this space. You know, if you're in a scout group, um, perhaps this is something that you might like to be involved in it. We love to get back to tree planting, won't it?
2: It would indeed. Yes. Get back outside to nature.
0: Okay, so if people are interested, um, just going back to the litter picking, if people are interested in in sort of joining up with your network, how's best for them to get in touch with you?
2: Uh, we have a Facebook page, like I said. The Facebook page is called the London Coney Litter Pickers Community Volunteers. Find us on that, join it. And once uh, you've joined, uh, just start posting stuff you've done. Get out there with a bin bag, a litter picker, and just start collecting. There's no real science behind it, it's just get involved.
0: Brilliant. Couldn't be any easier than that then. Fantastic. Well, no. uh, I'm sure that there'll be a lot of people, litter pickers to the ready that we be wanting to, to, to join in. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for that. Ian, thank you very much for telling us all about that today.
2: You're welcome. Thank you.
0: And if you'd like to take up Ian's challenge and get litter picking safely whilst you exercise, then Veolia and SADC say that they can supply litter pickers bags and gloves to individuals or local litter picking action groups across St. Albans district. And they can also arrange collection of the bags from an agreed location. So if you'd like to take advantage of this, then contact Veolia on... Waste Management Services, that's all one word, at Albans.gov.uk. That's Waste Management Services at Albans.gov.uk. Do stay in touch. You'll find us on Twitter at RV underscore Environment or at the Environment Matters Facebook page or you can drop me a line on Amanda at radioverulam.com If you've got a comment about today's show or you've got ideas that you'd like us to cover. I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thanks for listening.